ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਵਾਹ ਜੀ ਕਾ ਖਾਲਸਾ ਵਾਹਿਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਕੀ ਫਤਿਹ ਸੋ ਯੂ ਕੈਨ ਹੀਅਰ ਮੀ ਲਾਊਡ ਐਂਡ ਕਲੀਅਰ ਆ ਯੈਪ ਆਈ ਕੈਨ ਕੈਨ ਯੂ ਹੇਅਰ ਮੀ ਪ੍ਰੋਪਰਲੀ ਯੈਪ ਆਈ ਯੈਪ ਆਈ ਕੈਨ ਹੀਅਰ ਯੂ ਸੋ ਫਰਸਟ ਆਫ ਅਪੋਲੋਜੀਸ ਫੋਰ ਦ ਟੂ ਦ ਲਿਸਨਰਸ ਫੋਰ ਬੀਇੰਗ ਥਿਸ ਲੇਟ ਅਨਫੋਰਚੂਨੇਟਲੀ ਆਈ ਹੈਡ ਟੇਕਨ ਸਿਕ ਐਂਡ ਵਨ ਥਿੰਗ ਆਈ ਲਾਈਕ ਟੂ ਐਮਫਸਾਈਜ਼ ਡਾਊਨ ਹੀਅਰ ਬਿਫੋਰ ਵੀ ਸਟਾਰਟ ਇਜ਼ ਥੈਟ ਲੁੱਕ we believe gurdwara is a sacred we believe the langar is sacred but let's face it a human body is a human body food is food at the end of the day what happens at my local gurdwara is that they freeze the yogurt for 15 to 17 days and then serve it in bulk when it is expired to the sangat of course many people were going to get food poisoning as a victim of this but i have no hope for the committees most of these gurdwara committees are too busy taking the fresh stuff to their own houses so you know at the end of the day the sangat has to suffer the consequence of this action unless the sangat demands better treatment and whoever calls in the food inspectors at the gurdwara os bande da number lagya hi lagya tusi soch lo well that's true see that's true anything which goes wrong in a gurdwara and if you report it to the authorities people are going to come clawing for your throat that you guys have disrespected the gurdwara you've done biadbi the biadbi they do is not biadbi you speaking up as the real biadbi it seems well they will now buy you a free membership of a very very famous organization in india it's quite big <laughs> Okay so <clears throat> before going that way there is a very intriguing habit i have which even interests me and that is that you know i have helped a lot of lawyers in the past and it sort of rubbed off on me where i like reading you know the most boring aspects of the law and most boring of cases it happens sometimes and a very unique case i came across and this is a case which i've begged every sikh i've met to buy the books related to this case and the case rulings to study it up but obviously your people aren't interested in intellectualism so let me give you a brief background in 2004 gurleen kaur and others submitted a civil writ petition number 13282 and it was titled gurleen kaur and others versus the state of punjab and others now gurleen kaur was an mbbs student and she wanted to enroll in the guru ramdas institute of medical sciences and research amritsar run by the shiromani gurdwara prabandhak committee the problem she had was that she was denied entry on the grounds that since she trimmed her hair and plucked her eyebrows she was not entitled to a seat reserved for a sikh now gurleen kaur contended that she was a sahajdari sikh and was not like this not required to maintain the hair uncut but nonetheless she was a sikh and was entitled to admission and the suit was initially heard by the double bench of the high court now these are the legendary judges they would go on in the future uh, one of the judges justice uh, js keher he actually became the chief justice of india then there was justice jaspir singh and justice ak mittal and the final decision was finally given around 2009 if i remember correctly the 7th of the 8th month 2009 so 
this was a case which almost went on for, you know, five years, half a decade. And amazingly enough, Navjeet, the Guru Granth Sahib was brought in many other, you know, so-called Sikh historic literature, real Sikh historic literature, everything was brought in. And at the end, the last man standing in this court case was Gurtej Singh, Professor Gurtej Singh of the IAS. And he proved beyond doubt that a Sahajitari was that Sikh who was not actually born into a Sikh family, but who might be a convert or might be born into a family and who's following the fundamentals of the religion, who has full faith in the Guru Granth Sahib, who has full faith in the Khande Bhatida Amrit of Guru Gobind Singh Ji, who confirms to no other religion, no other ideology, no other belief. And that Sahajitari individual is a Sikh as per the bar raised by the gurus and not by the bar they set from themselves. And it was such a resounding victory for Sikhs that, you know, the justices pointed out how Sikhi was different from Hinduism and Islam. All this was given in the case rulings that's still available on India Kanun. Unfortunately, the dismayal state of our Sikhs is that they do not even know that such a case actually happened. Well, that's true. Uh, not many people know about it. And uh, I've read about this on Facebook for the first time. And then I read about it on the website itself. So no. you're right when you say not, not, not many, many people read it and uh, no. not many people know about it. So before we get into the gist of it, the book which actually charts this entire case is C Code in Guru Granth Sahib, a court testimony. And the other one obviously is available from India Kanun. The 1925 Gurdwara Act was validated by the court at the time. It was actually showing that the 1925 Gurdwara Act had a you know basis in Gurbani. Obviously, our you know trolls will not believe in this, but let me tell you about something which happened today, which is related. Now, New Zealand is facing the worst labor crisis since 1970 due to the current government's anti-immigration policies. That's what they're being called. And one of the comments I actually saw today was that, you know, the issue is that employers want to retain their staff, locals are not working, and migrants are leaving for Canada, Australia, UK, because these countries have realized what's going on in New Zealand, so they're poaching the best talent. So, getting to the gist of it, today I saw a comment and they said, oh, well, you know what the problem is? This is a local person who I know, employers have set the bar too high. Now, what I like to say is that obviously, Karen, the guy who's going to pay you $25 per hour, he will expect you to, you know, write NOT without the K and to have all your typos corrected before submitting any application to them. It's, it's the reality. Anyone who's going to be leading you, paying you or, you know, changing your life or, you know, giving you opportunities, they will expect the very best from you. That's, that's a given. If someone has a multi-million dollar business, or let's say not even a multi-million dollar business, still, they will expect the best from you because they trust you. Am I right? Correct. In the name of inclusivity, we keep on pushing this line that Sikhs have no expectations. The gurus never had a bar. The gurus never had a bar. The gurus had a very firm bar. And this is where I have two requests to make. One, if you're a Sikh lawyer, please buy this book. Please study this case online. This is a very important case for our future. Two, and this is for all Sikhs worldwide, 
when you say Guru Gobind Singh Ji is the father of the Khalsa, make sure that you say Guru Gobind Singh Ji ratified the Khalsa. Baba Nanak is the ideological father of the Khalsa. Guru Gobind Singh finalized and read, oh, yep. The word or, otherwise we, or otherwise we're clutching at straws trying to explain how Guru Gobind Singh Ji was related to Guru Nanak. These are all our weaknesses we need to rectify if we want to emerge as a strong panth. So, one thing which was pointed to Gurleen Kaur, pointed out to her by the judges, was that based on historic research and from Gurbani itself, Guru Gobind Singh Ji declared five deliverances for the Sikhs, the Sikhs who became the Khalsa. So the way this court case adumbrated the matter, addressed the matter, was that the Khalsa is the final form of the Sikh. Once you take Khande Bhatte the Amrit, you submit yourself into the Khalsa, that means you're 101% Sikh because you're dedicated to Sikhi. Khalsa is the plural fraternity of practicing Sikhs. Now, the day Guru Gobind Singh Ji founded the Khalsa, we have many historic manuscripts that say the Guru set up a fire and in this fire he burnt all the symbols of the past faiths of the converts. Obviously, if we say this today, the liberal gang would you know, gang up on us. No, 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 this can't be true. This can't be true. The guru loved everyone, blah, 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 human you know, unity, whatever. Anyhow, <clears throat> Guru Gobind Singh Ji took this a step further. He delivered five addresses. You could say he delivered five elements for his Sikhs, for the Khalsa. The first one was Taramnash, Karamnash, Janamnash, Sharamnash, and Paramnash. Taramnash or freedom from previous religious practices and customs. Karamnash or the obliteration of the past bad deeds. Janamnash, giving up of the family influences and caste effects. And then Sharamnash, disappearance of hereditary distinctions and all past transgressions and their resultant embarrassments. And Paramnash, discarding of the rituals prescribed by the previous beliefs. How many have we followed? Let me tell you this. This is the sort of thing if we discuss it, people's families get angry when they discuss this as well. How many people, you know, those people who go to Jateri and do a counterpart, if someone gets up and says to them that this is not Paramnash, their own families will turn against them. And this is how dismayal our state of Sikhs is today, that most Sikhs don't even know that these five principles were given by Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Well, uh, it, it's funny when you mention Jateras because, uh, well, I've seen a few and uh, Jatera is basically a place of your ancestors or maybe that's where they were from or maybe that's where they were cremated, buried, burned, whatever. Yeah, mm. that's the Jatera, yeah? Or maybe that's the village from which your ancestors migrated from to the new village or the town wherever you live in. Yep. I've seen way too many of them with the which have been turned into a Gurdwara? I mean, at the end of the day, when we are attacked, we Sikhs are attacked ideologically, the existent element among us is taken and corrupted against us. Now, Kakars, they should be used as a yardstick to judge the Amritari's conduct. We have made them into some divine, you know, spiritual uh, items which go with us to Sachkhand. And then on the other hand, we are arguing that Sachkhand is not a real place. You know, Here's the discrepancy. We are the Jeevan Mukti. Khalsa is supposed to be Jeevan Mukti, you know, liberated while living. 
and hell because Guru Gobind Singh Ji has given us these five principles. These five principles, these Nash principles come from Gurbani themselves. Now, <clears throat> thing being, Bhakta Bani has a Shabad in Gurbani and what Bhakta Bani is asking is that, tell me this, who has ever been liberated by dying? That Maybe has, if you're a slave, that's the only way out. That anyone who has died, have they come back to say we have been liberated? And on the I other hand, reality. On the other hand, we have a Shabbat of Bhakti Lochan, which is routinely misinterpreted to say that if you remember Lord Val Waheguru while you're dying, you will be liberated upon death. Well, that's I think that that's the that's the same thing Muslims do that you, you recite the Shahada. So you know that's a one way ticket. That's a one way it? ticket to heaven if you if you recite the Shahada before you die. That's a one way ticket to heaven. If we are taking Bhakti Lochan Shabbat to mean this, then what is the use of being Amritari, Jeevan Mukt, and the other you know Angs of Gurbani? You see where all these discrepancies, inconsistencies, and contradictions catch us out because one, we are not following the bar set by the gurus. Two, we are trying to misinterpret Gurbani to spot the bar we have lowered for ourselves. And three, this is something I've never understood that Guru Gobind Singh Ji gave us these five elements. And in the name of inclusivity, those same elements we are rejecting. Uh, okay, I've used the word shahada. Is it the shahada or is it the kalma? I'm not really sure, to be honest. I think it's Kalma. I think it's Kalma. Yep. Shahada is mainly for going into the battle. Kalma is in general, I think. The declaration yep. of uh, faith. Yeah, testimony. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, the main thing is, why aren't we following the Gurus? It's not easy. That's exactly the thing. Like Karen down there arguing that employers have set the bar too high. We here are rejecting the Guru's message because we're saying, Guruji, you've set the bar too high. Here, let me lower it for myself. Now, with all this lovey-dovey Sikhi going on, the one I'm going to hug you, you're going to hug me, we're going to be best pals for the rest of our lives. Let's just look at it this way. If a Sikh could not fight or could not step up in the field of battle, do you really think Guru Gobind Singh Ji would have taken him to battle along with him that let's not hurt his feelings? <laughs> well, that guy would have been left behind to cook some langar or something. Yeah, I'm talking about langar. Yep. Now, Baba Nanak, his own sons did not follow his ideology. Did Baba Nanak say, I'm going to not hurt their feelings and give them gaddi? No. He said, fine then. No, no. Yeah. Some people believe that. Well, let them believe what they want to. What bought Baba Nanak, essentially, we are only sticking to Gurbani, which says Baba's own sons did not listen to him. And so Baba Nanak turns around and says, you know what? I don't care. You want to go? Get out. I've got Lena. He will become Angad. Right? Guru Angad saw in sons, many Sangat did not listen to Guru Angad. No, many of the Gurus confronted this throughout their whole life. I mean, one of the most amazing things I've actually come across in the past few days is in our group, an individual 
sent us a picture of a shabad which is often used by the pseudo kabir panthis to argue that baba nanak said kabir was god the way the shabad is phrased you can get it you know understand it two ways one the god of kabir kareem two that kabir kareem is god in arabic kabir means magnificent so what this yes. is saying is that god is kabir god is magnificent on the other hand where we talk about pakht kabir if pakht kabir was god himself then why was god looking for himself and god was asking question to the pajaris directly while he could have smacked them from the heavens he she it that that's the thing that's the thing so there's a difference between pakht kabir and kabir like there is a difference between guru gobind singh ji and gobind in the syntax context in the context of grammar amazingly enough when we defend our history our theology our philosophy we always get these types and one of the members told him that you know you want to shut that individuals me of the one who is falsely claiming that baba nanak worshiped kabir why are you going to do this when kabir was one with god so does it matter if baba nanak says he worshiped kabir i didn't comment on the yeah but i wanted to ask at the end of the day that is the kabir that individual is applying baba nanak worship the same kabir of gurbani there kabir... you shouldn't ask no hard questions it hurts people's feelings and they move away from sikhi their kabir is actually rooted in bamanavadi pakhand right they worship a idol of kabir they do so many things in the name of kabir which kabir himself derided while he was alive it's actually quite interesting because uh, as a jat no guru was jat here no. still follow the gurus here yep but kabir panthi said that he he was from our caste so that's why we follow him isn't that casteism end of the day it seems that all this voidness all this inclusivity is going to be inserted into us see funnily enough we are expected to be inclusive etc etc i mean inclusivity isn't even the total sum of our faith find then we believe you're a human you have dignity all good but are we literally going to get a mona from another faith with no head covering to sit on the tabi and start telling us what gurbani says all well, that might be the reality in a few decades bro the way we're going and let's look at it this way bhai jeta bhai jeevan singh ji in his gurkatha says that the sikh is forbidden from believing in astrological signs future predictions and from doing havans and all these other things here we have sikhs arguing that because the namtaris did havan because some of the nayangs do havans today this is some historic practice gurbani itself rejects havans and all these other practices and then it's argued we are looking at it from a western rubric we are only looking at it from one point of view etc etc we have this other granth by guru gobind singh ji which says havan and to sort of you know argue the way around the fact that there is a inconsistency down here a contradiction which cannot be explained away that why you know baba nanak would write we do not do havans etc etc and guru gobind singh ji will write we do havans it said that if you do langar that's a havan for the guru or you do havan of your uh, what do you say uh, your ego gyani gyan singh writes in his navin panth prakash that baba deep singh did a havan and he marched to battle 
And now it's claimed to see, this is what Dr. Man Singh Narankari pointed out in his book, Sakhizam, that is by Gan Singh Nabba noted, all these definitions seem to be changing from day to day, time to time. Maharaja Ranjit Singh's time, they actually believed Chandi or Durga actually manifested in front of Guru Gobind Singh Ji. And he said by Gan Singh Nabba that today they're saying that the sword is Chandi or Durga. And then in a few years' time, they'll be going back to the Devi mythos, etc., etc. Basically, these definitions keep on changing. There is no solid thing down there, no solid element to prove what is right or what is wrong. And the Guru Granth side, the Gurbani from there, which is consistent, seek principles which are consistent, that we don't want to follow. Do you know how many times they have changed the Bible to suit to the new, let's say, political mm -hmm. landscape? How many times? I think it was 14 or 16. Well, I mean, we also have this theory that uh, it's a proven theory, actually. So not a theory that Uthman changed the Quran multiple times. The Caliph. The Caliph, you know. And at the end of the day, when we come to come down to Sikhi, that's why I believe Guru Arjan created the Kartarpuri beard as a draft template because that template has notes from the Guru himself pointing out what is correct and what isn't correct in the formation of the Guru Granth Sahib. And the fact is today, is that court case proved? Now, what Justice, you know, J.S. Keher noticed at the time, and that case was that both sides had heavily politicized the Guru Granth Sahib, so they were not going to use the Guru Granth Sahib as the sole point of reference in the court case. It was impossible given what both sides were arguing, but towards the end of the case, the justice uh, noted that what the Gurleen Corsard was doing was they were deliberately misinterpreting, mistranslating, and misrationalizing Gurbani. Because the main thrust of the case was that the 1925 Gurdwara Act was man-made, not made by the Gurus, and at the end of the day, that act should be shot down in the courts so people of all denominations can get, uh, gain entry into Sikh medical institutes, which were specially reserved for minorities because Sikhi is all about inclusivity. So the learned judges who themselves were practicing Sikhs, and you know, I believe this court was actually appealed in the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ratified the high court judges' views and basically, they said that at the end of the day, all Sikh principles, all Sikh mariyada, everything is taken from within Gurbani itself. And that there is one sole correct understanding of Gurbani. Gurbani can't be changed or altered from Samprada to Samprada, group to group, etc., etc. Well, very interesting you would say that. And this is what the justice actually noted. Please, I'm telling the listeners, please get that book and read it for yourself. All this is put inside that book. All the transcripts, legal transcripts are available from indiakanoon.org. And it's amazing that the justice pointed out that these five elements, you know, the taramnash, saramnash, paramnash, karamnash, all these five elements, these do not strictly apply in the religious sense. They also apply in the social sense as well. That in the past, I belonged to a society, I belonged to a community which thought this was right. Not anymore since I've gained admission into Sikhi, into the Khalsa, which is the first step into becoming a Sikh. I do not 
live by these virtues of the past anymore. These values, not virtues, because these values are wrong. What I thought was virtue was not virtue. Now I'm going to follow the true virtue as enunciated by Gurbani. So if I was born a non-Sikh and I was worshipping idols, let's say, I was praying to the pictures of whatever gods I believe in, Yep. And suddenly now I'm praying to the pictures of Guru Sahib's or the picture of the Dabar Sahib Gurdwari. Am I a Sikh then? No, 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 no. Because these things go deeper. These five elements go really deep. This is a rebirth now. Okay, so let's discuss this from quite a different point of view, but an interrelated point of view. How do you form a revolutionary? How do you form a revolution or revolutionary? Revolutionary. Uh, well, how much time you got? <laughs> okay, so let me give you a brief answer down here in the Shri Guru Panth Prakash. We have this part where, you know, now, funnily enough, many people argue that the word Ralaya, which Pangu uses, that mixed into the Khalsa or brought into the Khalsa does not mean Banda Singh was an Amritari. But we know that these people... These communities don't have their own heroes, so they need to steal the heroes of the Sikhs. Anyway, for the historic record, Banda Singh Badr was an Amritari Sikh. Rajput accounts and Farsi accounts prove this, which are contemporary. Anyway, Madho Das is sitting down there in Guru Gobind Singh Ji's feet, and he requests the Guru to initiate him into the Khalsa, and the Guru tells him that the Khalsa is a revolutionary way. It will reverberate for all time to come because it is based on Baba Nanak's eternal siddhants, and to become the revolutionary which a Khalsa is, you need to give your tan man tan. So tan your physicality, man your mentality, and tan your achievements to the Guru. Sacrifice them all. True. That's that's pure dedication at the end of the day. We have this in Ananda Sahib as well. Tan man tan, Sacrifice all this to the Guru. The Guru meaning the truth, the true way of life. Sacrifice all this to the Guru and then live in consort with hukam, with reality, with what is in this world, is Vaheguru created it. Based on that, as we were talking about these five principles, these five principles are a way of sacrificing tan, man, tan, everything from the past. And that means the practices of the past and the ideology of the past. Now, to answer your question, a smart Sikh would realize that worshipping pictures and idols are wrong, even if they're of the gurus and darbars. Well, I've, there's no shortage of people who actually do their evening prayers, their Raras and Kirtansola, facing the pictures they have in their house. See, if Baba Nanak is asking, if Gurbani, let's say Gurbani, all these Mahapurks and Gurbani, all these great souls, they're asking that what are you getting from praying in one direction, from shouting to the top of at the top of the mosque, from for you know, from smashing all these bells really loudly in temples, wouldn't they be asking us the same thing as well? There is a very deep Shabbat of Bhakt Kabir, which is you know, talking, which is basically denouncing religious hypocrisy and religious paraphernalia when religious symbolism is concerned in the form of Banaras Ketag. We have discussed this Shabbat before. Yeah. Our lot do the same stuff. We're the Kirpan, he's a Babaji. 
Where the kara? He's a babaji. He's got the kakars. He's a babaji, etc., etc. He does not eat from a nonamrita. His hand, he's got rehat mariyada. He's a babaji. And this is what happened in New Jersey that Gurbaksan kara of Ghana was in New Jersey. And what happened down there was that an Amritari was sitting next to him. Afghana was an Amritari as well. And a Mona came and gave that Amritari a prashada. Amritari looked up and saw he was a Mona and he threw the prashada outside saying, to see karta, merita Right? We have so-called yeah. Sikh saints who have actually undergone excessive torture in jail just to get some other Sikh to prepare their food. Fine, then we can say that they feared getting poisoned or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know what Gurbaksh and Kalaf Khan asked? He said, well, what reason do you have for throwing this prashad there? So now the Samaritari in question knew about his reputation and he turned around and made this snide remark that, you know, I am Bebeki, you know, that I only take food from the hands of Amritaris who do Simran, who have taken Amrit from my own group, etc., etc. What would you know? And then Gurbaks and Kalaf Khanna was a bit fast-minded and he said, what's high, the Guru's Amrit or the Monna's Kirt? And the Amritari turns around again and says, oh, look, you call yourself a preacher, but you don't know that the Guru's Amrit is higher? And you know what Gurbaks and Kalaf Khanna said to him? Tell me. He said that if the Guru's Amrit is higher, the Guru's Amrit is inside you. When that Monna touched the Parshada, that Parshada would have turned against Taram, would have turned anti-Taram. When he handed you the Parshada, because you have Amrit inside you, wouldn't the Guru's Amrit have purified that Parshada straight away? Well, the, the, the man, the I individual... To repeat the same thing over and over again. Common sense is a superpower these days. That individual left the Gurdwara never to come back again. He probably started his own Sampada then, yeah? <laughs> the thing is, at the end of the day, all these... Now, this is what the justice noted as well in the case. You know, taking Amrit solely and saying you're a Sikh is the same as someone like Gurleen Kaur who's born into a Sikh family and plucks her eyebrows and says she's a Sikh. Right? It isn't the initiative act, it isn't the claim, but it is how you live your life, which is what defines what religion is. That's a, that's a very heavy loaded statement. Now, <clears throat> boy, Gurdas tells us in his verse that many of the Minas, Masands, and more, you know, state sponsored actors, etc., you know, Pujari-sponsored uh, individuals, they retained the same appearance as the Guru's long beards, you know, heavy mustaches. But at the end of the day, what Pai Gurdas says is that they were as useful as Gurus as effeminate men are to strong-willed women. A strong-willed woman will never tolerate an effeminate man, and in the same way, the truth, true Guruship never tolerates such false Gurus. So even though they looked like the gurus, acted like the gurus, they weren't really gurus, and their hypocrisy was seen by the entire world. In, the, in defense of that girl, I've got to say that I've seen some people, both male and female, with eyebrows or unibrows so thick they could serve as international borders. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, end of the day, look, this is my personal belief. I know it's going to be controversial. God never created woman with hair. 
So if there is a genetic malfunction or, you know, given that we are consuming GMO products, which are actually, you know, distorting your bodies. If a woman has hair, I'm sure like that hair on her face, she can shave it. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. I know there's a controversial statement. If a woman has a beard, I believe she can shave it. Hair on another part of the body, that's given to everyone by Wahigu. So what's the point of taking that off, right? Another thing down here, we had a controversy a while back in uh, Australia that, you know, chicken, chicken is being injected with such chemicals that girls are getting bigger breasts, right? And that's how men uh, are getting breasts yeah. now as well. Did you hear that? I've heard that. I'm, I'm trying really hard to, to, to not crack a joke here. So please continue. Yep. Thing being at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, there are many things which are going to hold us down, but we need to chart our way forward with the logic enunciated by Gurbani. We are living in terms where we can change our gender straight away. And this is where we need that internal moral discipline to stick on the path given to us. And Sikhi is based on discipline. So why we are not following that discipline, why we are always trying to distort the discipline is beyond me. This is not to say I'm perfect, you know, but at the end of the day, end of the day, we need to start thinking about many things and looking at how to defend ourselves. These five principles the Guru gave us. So, I mean, I guess the picture thing, worshipping idols, worshipping pictures, as long as you don't get over it, it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, you know, a picture of uh, Darbar Sahib or a picture of the Guru. It's still idol worship. It is still idol worship. Veer Papinder Singh of the Living Treasure, actually, uh, I watch his videos. My biggest regret is that when he first came, when I first met him, I never took him seriously. And he did a question and answer session. That's what Veer Papinder Singh does. He's a Pracharik. He does question and answer sessions based on Gurbani. And he had a very young boy turn up to him. And this young boy had the mic and, you know, kudos to the kids. He's maybe seven years old, but imagine the guts he had to stand up in front of 800, 900 people to, you know, approach Virji on the stage and ask this question. And he told a little story about his mom being injured because she goes to the Gurdwara, does Matatek, and she was walking with her, you know, walking backwards. So she was facing the guru and she tripped over Okay. And the boy sort of faltered in the middle and he had to whisper it because, you know, obviously he's a kid. He's, you know, seen his mom get injured. He's very concerned because, you know, the sort of shit people come up with in Punjab is pretty amazing to me that, you know, or they karam mare hone. I can imagine what they were saying that she had bad karam. She got injured at the Gurdwara and whatnot, all that sort of a rubbish. And Amazingly enough, what happened is Veer Pupinder Singh started laughing and gave the kid, you know, a pet on the back and said, you know what, this child has a point. And the point is that when we go to the Gurdwara, why are we straining ourselves to do these little acts? What are we trying to obtain from them? You know, well, I could say that uh, you're trying to, you know, probably go there to ask for, 
for some material things or probably ask for help, maybe money, maybe whatever you know, whatever you're praying for. I had a friend in India who got a visa for New Zealand and he did this thing where he actually laid down on the ground, did a whole matatek and did a circle and he dragged himself to the Gurdwara like that, reached there on the fifth day, nearly dead. You know what the roads are like in India. What did mm-hmm. he get from it? People saying he's got Sharda, he's got this, he's got that. And he injured his body so badly that finally they told him here, the New Zealand government, that he's got, you know, internal hemorrhaging, internal bleeding, because he was into all these religious acts that he has to leave the country because otherwise he will become a burden on the country's health system. Hmm. Now, wow. exactly the thing down here, Veer Singh is saying, is that we go down there, we strain ourselves, find then how many matateks do we do? Even if we can't do a matatek, we will do a matatek, even though it means, you know, breaking your back if we have back problems and whatnot. End of the day, we don't even look backwards when we're walking away from the tabia. We fall down. Many things happen to us. But at the end of the day, if we go to the Gurdwara, do a matatek, walk back a little bit, and then turn around and exit the door, is that really going to be a problem for the Guru? Is the Guru going to get offended just because you turn your back away from him for a few seconds? And on the other hand, if you're walking backwards and you fall over and trip, Guru da ki janda. How does it affect the Guru? No, it doesn't. End of the day, go to the Gurdwara, read Gurbani, and live as Gurbani tells you to live. And then you will be bowing out of true reverence. And then it does not matter whether you walk backwards or whether you walk frontwards. End of the day, those who walk on the Guru's path, the Guru says they're always facing him. This, this is what he explained to the Sangat. I go to the Gurdwara, do the Matatek, walk you know, backwards as much as I can, and then I turn around and walk away. You know, end of story. If I have you know, a God-given body, a God-given Sharir, my neck can't turn backwards too much for a reason. I don't have eyes at the back of my head for a reason. All this Tandarusti I have, such a beautiful Sharir Vaheguru has given us. And then when we walk backwards and trip and break our back or injure ourselves really badly, is that really going to please the one who gave us this body? Nope. But Freedan Gurbani says that had my throat been slit the day I was born, maybe then I would have realized the real value of, you know, God. And Guru Arjan says, Freed, why? Look at what he's given us, this body which is like a healthy garden, you know, this life which is like a garden. Obviously, in a garden, there are poisonous fruits and there are non-poisonous fruits. Depends on which one you pursue. You know, Freed says that he has no more blood left in him, that he's tortured himself so much. And Guru Amar Das underneath says that, no, Freed, do not say this. Because the body is blood, you need blood to survive. Rather, the Gurmukh, the one who walks in the Guru's path, never tortures himself. He drains the blood of ego from within himself, from within herself. And again, this ties into the Nash doctrine that Guru Gobind Singh Ji gives us that rebirth. But we associate all our past practices rather than following the Nash doctrine we bring in the opposite into Sikhi, and that's why we are failing today. 
Exactly in temples that don't they try not turning their backs on the idol, believing God will be offended. And we try doing the same today as well in front of Guru Granth Sahib. Is that not idol worship of Guru Granth Sahib? Is this not going contrary to the doctrine of Taramnash, which Guru Gobind Singh Ji gave us, which Gurbani gives us? It is, 100% it is. 100% it is. When we bring in everything from all their past societies, female fraudicide, honor violence, suppression of women, oppression of women, dairy, here's the amazing thing I've seen, Amritaris, you know, demand dairy from their daughter-in-law's families, whereas here I'm giving you the example, I give this example over and over again, Mata Gujri's father came to Guru Hargobind and joined his hands in front of him and said, look, we have nothing to give you or Sahib Jada Teg Bahadur. And Guru Hargobind got up and told him, look, Bhai Sahib, you're a Sikh, we are Sikhs, you know what the Siddhant of Baba Nanak is, I know what the Siddhant of Baba Nanak is, my mission in life, my goal in life, the mental entrusted to me by my forebears is to be the living example of that Siddhant. You have given us our, your daughter. What more can we ask from you? But today when we are going around demanding dairy, whatever we are doing, isn't that Sharamnash? Where is Sharamnash then? Isn't that opposite to what Guru Gobind Singh Ji said that all the associations with the past society it's all destroyed because you follow Gurbani. But still we say, Guruji, we know what the bar is. We just want to lower it and we will lower it for ourselves. Because I'm not able to reach the high standards, the standards must come down. Baba Nanak never made an exception for his family. He never made an exception for Pai Lena as well. You know, those who lived up to the exception, they lived up to it. We, we can live up to it as well. But we don't want to live up to it. That's a different thing. A long time ago, I visited Japan. I used to do Kyukshin Krati. And for those who know, back in the day, Kyukshin Krati was a very uh, fearsome form of combat when uh, Matsutsa uh, Masoyama actually founded it. This was really, you know, bare-knuckle fighting, you know, kicks to the head, punches to the face, judo throws. Many people got killed, many got knocked out until Oyama decided that, look, we'll make it into more like the Muay Thai kickboxing sort of thing. And uh, there we had a Japanese instructor who was 80 years old. And... This man could take each and every one of us on and beat the living daylights out of us. In Japan, they have the Kyukshin shuffle. You know, people who can't walk with one leg, they have to carry that leg in there, like with their hands forward. That's the Kyukshin shuffle. So many kicks, so many punches to that one part of the body that you go down instantly. I mean, in the world champion fights I've seen, you'll get one of those few, you know, Japanese who have practiced so intensely, one kick and the other guy's out. Straight away, the leg collapses right there and then. And he started training me. And I'll be honest with you, we used to do press-ups on our knuckles. So either on icy concrete ground or on the you know wooden floor in the morning, it would be cold. His goal was to get me to do 100 press-ups. And I would tell him I can't, I can't, and several others. And he told me that he started doing this karate when he was 30 years old. 
and that in 40 years he has trained up to 100 world champions. He never made an exception for them. He would never make an exception for us. And I'll tell you this, that he got me to a point where I can do 100 press-ups on my knuckles. Not boasting or bragging, but that's the point he got me to. So when at the end I left, I thanked him and told him that he did so much for me. He said that, look, there are two ways things work. One, the teacher wants to train you, and two, the student wants to learn. The teacher wants to train you, and the student wants to learn. Here, Guru Nanak is calling out. Guru Nanak is always calling out. Gurbani, as the teacher, is always calling out. But do we want to learn, or do we just want to bring our own education to the front? We want to cheat. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Now, when the justice pointed this out, when the judge pointed this out in court, most of the court, this is what an eyewitness told me, most of the court suddenly went quiet, especially the other side. You know, because they couldn't believe that the judge would find something so uh, profound about Sikhi. So we discussed Dharamnash, right? Free from previous, uh, previous religious practices and customs. Then we had the Sharamnash, you know, society. Then Paramnash. Then here we have Janamnash. You know, Karamnash. Everything is destroyed. Everything is, you know, dismantled by the Guru. Because you are reborn to follow a new way of life. We went opposite. Well, we most certainly did. Certainly did. And I mean, you know, even if you count me into this, all of us, if those old Sikhs came back, we would all be excommunicated. They would tell us, I'm going to go to the with you. Well, they certainly would. And... Uh... Let's say if if we, we were to face somebody like Gurnanak today, hmm. we would definitely, definitely not like him. Definitely. Def today, if someone asks a few questions, we get angry straight away. Angry is an understatement. We don't consider the deeper implications of what is being discussed. Do you, think, do you think most people today as Sikhs have the mental capacity to go deeper beneath the surface to understand why exactly is this person asking this question and what, what, what exactly is behind this idea? One thing that was asked by the Twitter team was that <clears throat> we deride Gore as being Abrahamic, yet we still run to their countries to enjoy the fruits of their forefathers' labors. And an individual commented underneath who I personally replied to, and he said that, oh, if they hadn't come to our countries and robbed them, we wouldn't be in such a state. And I said, oh, well, that's all good. But one can argue similarly that if he had been smart enough, we would have defeated them at their own game. And someone underneath commented that, but he looking at the state of the Sikhs today, you really think they have any brains to consider intellectualism? 
ਇਨ ਵਿਲੇਜਸ ਵੀ ਸੇ ਵੀ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਜਿਆਦਾ ਪੜ ਲਖ ਜਾਵੇ ਉਹ ਦਿਮਾਖਰ ਹੋ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਯੂ نو ਆਈ ਮੀਨ ਓਕੇ ਸੋ ਯੂ نو ਪ੍ਰੀਵੀਅਸਲੀ ਵੀ ਵਰ ਡਿਸਕਸਿੰਗ ਜੋਰਜ ਲੂਕਸ ਐਂਡ ਹਾਊ ਹੀ ਕੇਮ ਅਪ ਵਿਦ ਸਟਾਰ ਵਾਸ ਐਂਡ ਹਾਊ ਡੀਪ ਸਟਾਰ ਵਾਸ ਇਸ ਐਂਡ ਰੀਸੈਂਟਲੀ ਆਈ ਵਾਚਡ ਅ ਵੀਡੀਓ ਵੇਰ ਯੂ نو obviously look i'm not going to go into a full in detail depth analysis of what star wars is or not but you know for the listeners please research it those movies do have significant value even though they're you know cgi trash anyway what happens is and you know apologies to lucas anyway what happens is that the antagonist palpatine sets up such a trap that the jedi knights the good guys do all his dirty work for him without knowing that he's pulling their strings and ultimately he walks in and just takes everything over by eradicating him similarly most of the missiles in the punjab are subdued under the command of sadakor and ranjit singh comes and presents her and takes over the fruits of her hard work right that sort of intellectualism we wouldn't consider because we believe that goes against our history ourselves our identity but that's exactly the sort of trick which is used on us from time to time we do the hard work the dirty work someone else comes kicks us out and enjoys the fruits of our labor and i think with the nash doctrine when it's a physical rebirth when it's a ideological rebirth it should also be a cognitive rebirth as well that you adopt a new mode of thinking uh i think it you're finalizing your your thought process which has already started changing the moment you were introduced to sikhi or the moment you started learning about sikhi about true sikhi yeah and i guess when guru gobind singh ji said tan man tan when we find that in ananda sahib tan man tan sab sob gur ko hukam maniye pa you know when we have that line at the end of the day your tan your physicality your man and your tan all these are actually coming from a cognitive process inside your brain so obviously to sacrifice this to the guru and start anew that definitely means you also change your cognitive process your thinking process yeah but yeah you have to change your thought process entirely sure and in japji sahib we have saram khand this is exactly saram khand that's what baba vasakha singh of the gadri babi used to say that it's in saram khand saram khand is no mystic dimension where the soul flies off to in the middle of the night it's really a fundamental a tectonic shift in the way you think and see the world around you that's why baba nanak says it can't be comprehended it can't be discussed it can't be described because it's different for each and every individual but it leads to the same truth you were telling me how your grandmother told you that the sikhi of the past was essentially very easy compared to what it's been made out today to be yeah So here's the thing Guru Gobind Singh ji provides all these practical steps for us to imbibe imbue and live by gurbani in our lives day to day but what we have done is gone the opposite direction For me it's actually quite worrying that the amount of rituals quote and quote rituals and traditions we have today they are no less than what happened before Guru Nanak 
that's exactly what Professor Kaminder Singh Ji Tillo is saying, that we're looking at the pre-Guru Nanak canvas. We never look at the Nanak canvas. It's, it's along the same lines as uh, the more the laws, the more corrupt the, the, more corrupt, corrupt the state is. Something like that, I'm paraphrasing. Yep. It's amazing, though, when you consider it, that how Baba Nanak transformed Sikhs, you know, the common men into Sikhs, Sikhs ready to die for their beliefs, for their conscience, you know, because they were liberated from everything around them. <coughs> True liberty is from vice, from unnecessary attachment to the world rather than the world itself. That's a, that's a very important distinction. See... Before taking Amrit, I guess in the past, this is why the Guru always emphasized that before becoming Amritari, always consider what you're doing. And that process surely would have involved the individual sitting down, compiling a list of everything they're doing and they've done in the past, and then deciding, I am done, I'm liberated, I'm not doing these anymore. Yeah, that... That looks like something that could have happened here. Yeah, true, because I do it. I, I do it myself personally. You know, every day you have a to do to do list here. Yeah? Yep. So it also and also some people have this habit that they they write diaries. They have let's let's say a five year plan or a ten year plan. Mm hmm. So you must have you know, got all those points in your mind that what exactly I'm doing today and what exactly do I need to do, to do? and if you adopt something new the changes you'll need to make. In the fervor and passion for following religion, we always forego these tiny little things which make the most difference overall. Hmm. Here, here's a funny little story I want to tell you. A friend of mine went to India and he met another friend, his own friend. And this friend used to carry a, you know, a card, a you know, a weapon with him, this friend's friend. And what happened was that a Babaji gave him a golden, you know, one of those fake ass made in China kirpans. And he took the real one off and started wearing that, that Babaji has given me a blessing. Few days later, he got jumped upon and the same kirpan was broken into two pieces. And you know what the <sighs> ultimate result was? You know what, what I was thinking? I was talking with my friend and he said, you know, the practicality which the gurus gave us, we are just dumping that into the bin just for, you know, normal human conventions. All this past superstition we are bringing into Sikhi. You know, this is what Pujariva, the Brahmins used to do, that here have a rock, God will come out of this rock. Here have this, you won't be affected by this. I mean, you know, Z had that TV show, Fear Files, Every damn episode you had a pandit, the Brahman, Kaji, Mullah, or someone say, here, have a Tavit, nothing will happen. Here, have a Mala, nothing will happen. Here, have a full, nothing will happen. And then, you know, whatever the ghost, which, Jarel, Jobi, Hoi, Kar, Wali, Kar, Wala, Jobi, Hoya, they would run away by seeing that thing. I was, I was watching one where there's a vampire, right? And they chuck a Mala on the vampire and he dies. And all that same stuff we have brought into Sikhi, you know, this Nash doctrine was more deeper than we have today because there are people probably listening to this and they're like, mm, we shouldn't do idol worship. <laughs> it's more than idol worship, though, isn't it? 
we treat Gurbani like an idol today, don't we? Fine, then let the committee take care of the Ramallah Sahib, the Chor Sahib, you know, the Singh who does or the core who does the Seva of the Chor Sahib, practical purpose to defend Gurbani, you know, to preserve it, to keep the, you know, air around it clean so no bugs sit on it. But then we have Tupati, then we have fruit down there. What don't we do in the name of, you know, religion? This is my personal experience. We have a friend, he's part of the group. He went to Darbar Sahib to take a Shanan. And, you know, because he had heard that, you know, black crows turn into white crows there, he came out with a skin infection, which still hasn't left him. Mate. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh, I just remember that I'm currently in India, so I'm not going to say anything. No. But the thing is, you know, that the people who installed those Filters in the Darbar Sahib. End of the day, we're still treating this like Brahman of Adi source that, you know, there are mystical waters, there are magical waters. One, then if there's placebo, that's the thing. But when the coronavirus came along, they stopped Amrits and Charas as well because we drink from the same butter. <coughs> Excuse me. Sounds like you got the corona. <laughs> there are many people praying that I do get the corona. Many people and uh, many Mahapurks as well. Anyhow, anyhow, the thing being at the end of the day of Jeet Singh Ji is this, that we have the Nash doctrine, which gives us a rebirth. Physically, we grow our beards. Physically, we wear kirpans, you know, have a kachera, have the kakars and everything. But at the end of the day, inside, outside, everything is the same as what the Guru told us not to do. I do remember that uh, in my in my Nanke village there there was a huge uh, pepple tree. Yeah, I don't know how they call it in English. Yep. Many decades ago, they tried to uproot it. Yep. Because the roots were spreading out into the uh, into the houses nearby. Yeah. Yep. But. A Brahmin told him that you cannot do it because this tree is sacred. Yep. People let their houses get destroyed by the roots of those, that tree. They relocated, but they couldn't dare to go against the, the person who told them that this tree is sacred. You know, when Alexander was, I believe, on the way to Persia around there, have you heard about the incident of the Gordian knot? I think I have, it's the, it's the old man story, yeah? Yep. So the old man, there's a temple and he says, this is the temple of Zeus, where Zeus made a knot himself into a, <clears throat> into a bunch of twine. No one can open it. Here, Alexander, if you can open it, you'll rule the world. And Alexander took out his sword and cut it into two and said, they're happy. <laughs> but nothing but he didn't rule the world. At the end of the day, the well, that's the first thing. He didn't rule the entire known world. Second thing, legend has it that if that knot was disrespected like that, thunder would strike the guy down. Nothing happened to him. All these Nothing happened to him, yeah. All these past superstitions he, he, we were getting, yep. Well, he got very successful and died because of a conspiracy or his, or his own ambition. 
but there was no so-called divine intervention onto him or a punishment. All these past things we have, you know, there is a story of Pai, Banno, who uh, runs into a temple and smashes off a Devi's nose and then comes running out in Guru Hargobind. You know, he's finally brought to Guru Hargobind and he says, Maharaj, I just wanted to, you know, tell the people, don't let the Brahmins fool you. The De Devi couldn't protect herself. How would she protect you? Here we are saying that Guru Gobind Singh sought blessings from the same Devi to create the Khalsa Panth. Then we run into contradictions. No, that's Adi Shakti. No, that's this. No, that's that. Everything Guru Gobind Singh Ji told us to renounce, we have brought it and even tried making the gurus like that. The list of contradictions is very, very long. All Sakhi was, was to live as Gurbani tells us to. And we have made it into something altogether radically different. So that boy asks that question to Veer Papinder Singh Ji and Veer Papinder Singh Ji answers it, that we are bringing all these past superstitions into Sikhi. Underneath in the comments, the, you know, the comment that stood out to me was, fuck you, fat man. That's exactly what was written against him. That's the most effective one, yeah? And the person who asked... commented must have spent probably... Hours and hours and days and days on the end, and then came up with that comment. And someone asked underneath that, Virji, then that, you know, looking at your comment, we think you're on a wheelchair or something because you must have broken your back in the Guru's name. <laughs> See, there's a picture being put up recently of, you know, some party and someone smashed a cake in a guy's face. <clears throat> And these individuals are associated with a religious organization. People in defense of this uh, organization actually put up a picture of air seek, you know, grantees, etc., you know, pouring milk onto the floors. You know, and they asked, well, what about this? Well, really, yeah, what about that? Because the guys who are, you know, smashing the cake in, e cake in each other's fates, they never claim to be, you know, the apex of religiosity. But on the other hand, we have people claiming we are the religious leaders of the Panth and they are doing all this. If you, if you smash a cake in somebody's face, they're, if, if, it's, uh, if they've got makeup on, the makeup is ruined, M my beard and my face will be ruined if you, you did that to me. It's not a yeah. good idea to begin with. And if you pour milk onto the floor while there are millions dying outside? Well, if you pour milk on the floor, there are much, much better ways to clean it. I, I don't think that the, that the floors which are being washed daily are going to get that dirty. And I don't think that milk is a very effective way to clean something. Maybe they, they, they have the justification that we don't want to use chemicals. End of the day, you know what? Milk is meat, isn't it? It's got all the cells inside. Well, <laughs> well yeah, that, that's a different point. And the people pouring it are the ones who say they're vegetarian, you know, hyper-vegetarians. You know, we try trusting and bending reality to suit ourselves, and that's why we're always losing as a community. <clears throat> I've actually seen pictures of uh, a Baba who wears gloves because he's too pure to be touched by us mortals. Was that the Bond villain type? Well, they all look like 
some some kind of villains, but yeah. It's 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 really amazing because what happened a long time ago that um and this is a story I actually found out that there was a rich businessman who I knew and a Babaji came in, stayed at his house. And I went down there and I was wearing my damala in my school uniform and Babaji got up and there were all these almonds and grapes, put them all in a bag. Sangat's face lit up like Babaji was about to give a million dollar jackpot to someone. The bag's so heavy, Babaji couldn't carry it, but he comes and gave it to me, dropped it right in my lap. And next thing I know, the whole Sangat is prostrated right in front of me and Babaji. I went home, checked out the goodies, and all of them were infected with insects. Holy insects. <laughs> okay. And um, later I went to the guy's house. And I told him, look, come outside, I want to see you. And down there we had an argument. And then I grabbed him by the shed and I said, look, what's the reality? And he finally said, look, bro, I have a business to run. This was expiry stuff. I gave it to Babaji. And uh, not actually to Babaji. Babaji just heard this morning that I had expired stuff. And Babaji gave me the idea we will give it to one of the Sangats. And that's exactly what happened. And that's how you got food poisoning. <clears throat> well, I didn't eat that. I threw it away myself. I, I can actually imagine that you running away with the with the goodie bag and the and the sangat chasing you with the pitchforks. I was telling the sangat from that day on that this is what happened. I have pictures. I still have videos of that. No one believed me. No one believed me. The majority who were too, you know, highly religious minded claimed that Babaji had told me to lie, otherwise my uh, my bhakti and Babaji's kirpa would go away, and the others wanted to break my bones. <laughs> It's quite funny you tell me because recently, recently there has been a case that somebody, uh, let's say, embezzled a very large amount of money which was you know, collected for some, some sick key purposes. And, uh, and that, happen know, that happened yep. within driving distance of you, I think. Yes, yes, but we will leave that to the media to expose. Anyhow, a few years later, when I shared my experience with someone who's, you know, who I consider to be a real Gursak, you know what he told me? Tell me. He told me. He told me you should have gotten up and uh, you should have got up and started distributing that in the Sangat straight away. <laughs> Man, <laughs> he should have. He, he's right. He, you should have. I told him that knowing these clowns, the insects would have been eaten first. We have Swargana Santre and Swargana Kiriya. <laughs> really, at the end of the day, you go down there to meet someone, and you know, if that's you claim they're a Mahapurka great Pracharik, etc., and they give you something, it's all that Brahman Vadipakhand isn't it? That the Pujari gave me this, the Mullah gave me this, that gave me that, I'm blessed. I mean, bloody hell, at the end of the day, is it that individual whose grapes are going to bless you? Well, it depends on your belief. Some people might believe that. Well, okay. Please correct me on this, but there, there are something like this has happened. And back in the day, somebody actually ate horse shit in the name of the key. Okay. So Not somebody, this, a few people. I believe the name of the book is uh, Sikhism under Brahmanical Siege by Dr. Gurbak Singh. <clears throat> happened in the 70s when Gurba, uh, Gani Zail Singh... Uh, 
what would you say, coronated the Guru Gobind Singh Marg. Remember when he outplayed the Akalis at being Sikh, he outseeked the Akalis, that's how everyone saw that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dr. Gurbak Singh says that uh, he brought Santa Singh Nihang of the Buddha Dal, who was a, a pro-Congress supporter until his last days along. Santa Singh got these horses along, which uh, he claimed were from Guru Gobind Singh Ji's stable. Nihang's walking at the back, horses at the front, horses, you know, doing droppings. And people eating those droppings in the name of Prashad. Even my grandfather confirmed that because he was actually down there and he saw that. Man. Well. <laughs> See, back in the day, there used to be this thing that all these Deitari Pakandis, you know, what they used to do was they used to eat a bit of uh, roti. And all that with their germs used to be distributed into the Sangat. Today, we have left no stone unturned in bringing this into Sikhi. So much so that there are people who are going to wear, you know, Babaji's kacha, Babaji's, you know, garments, etc. to get that bhakti to rub off on them. Do, do you, well, I think you do, you do remember the movie Monty Python, Life of Brian? Yep. <laughs> So they decide, the crowd decide that he is the Messiah. Yep. Yeah. And, and he tells them to fuck off, they say. And they have written that, <laughs> how shall we fuck off? <laughs> and the, the, he give, gives them a good and he runs away. You know, one of my friends actually went to Nakodarvir. Uh, what's the current one's name? The one Gurdasman believes in? Bajan Shah Kadari? Man, I haven't got an idea about it, but uh, yeah, they are down there. Well, whoever that guy is, man, I was watching one of his uh, divans because my mate really used to believe in that guy anyway, and I, yeah, I still, you know, tease my mate with it. And uh, the guy is actually standing there, he's half naked, and he's saying that, uh, uh, you know, I know what you have, uh, you know, come off with, well, the intention in your mind, and if it's not pure, and his equivalent, what he's saying is the Punjabi equivalent, the English equivalent of Punjabi, but basically he's saying, Bam, well, fuck off. <laughs> and I was wondering, bloody yeah, hell, is this, is, and this man is supposed to be gone? It's, it's amazing. No, it's not amazing. It's beyond amazing. It's beyond comprehension. It's beyond comprehension. And uh, sometimes, sometimes when you see people like this, you think maybe, maybe Hitler had a point. I mean, like your friend said, you have to be born multiple times to be that stupid in the first place. Well, uh, yeah, her words, uh, well, they are stuck in my head permanently that, that you can't be this stupid in one lifetime. <laughs> you have to believe in reincarnation because you will take multiple lifetimes to, to be this this stupid. If we pull up the Nash doctrine, write the five Nash principles down on one side, and then on the other side, we start listing all the things we are doing today, which we believe to be sicky, but which run contrary to the Nash doctrine, I'm thinking that we will probably increase deforestation by 90%. We will need so much paper. Well, well. End of the day, to recap, really, most of these things we are doing, you know, the Nash Doctrine makes us squirm because we know we are wrong. 
makes us uncomfortable because it forces us to question ourselves. And then it also makes us laugh at how stupid we are, all in the name of religion. I mean, in the name of politics, you can't sell shit to people, but in the name of religion, you can make people eat horse shit. That did. In the name of religion, you can make people drink cow piss and camel piss. You can also drink the water of Babaji's underwear. In the name of religion, the wa- the you really need to think that if there is a very intelligent supreme being up there, now let's imagine Vaheguru, and let's just imagine Guru Gobind Singh Ji sitting there and, you know, looking down at us, I'm sure both of them will be laughing hardcore thinking, well, we never told them to do that, but these guys are taking it way too far. I'm sure that if Guru Gobind Singh Ji comes today and we uh, tell him our achievements that Maharaj, we have, uh, you know, uh, consumed, you know, horse crap because we believe the horses to be def- uh, de- descended from your horses. And um, Maharaj would be sitting there and saying, well, Sikha, what makes my horse so special? Maharaj, you ride upon it. And Guru Gobind Singh Ji will ask, well, uh, is that all I did in my life? Didn't I tell you to do something else? Didn't I show you how to live your life perfectly? And we'll be standing there quietly and Maharaj will be laughing, shaking his head, thing, saying that you guys failed in the most fundamental of things. You know, find that well, you, want always- to preserve, you want to preserve history, preserve history. But at the end of the day, well, you always take the easy way out. Do you know about that American Christian preacher? I forgot his name. Is, is it Kenneth or something? No, but I know. He, he's got a massive face, small eyes, and he looks evil. Looks evil. <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send you a picture afterwards. He actually justified that he has to travel in a private jet because he's too pure. <laughs> If you have the power of God with you, then wouldn't you make anything or anywhere where you go pure anyway? Well, it should be radiant. End of the day, we can only make people think. But a long time ago, I used to be a librarian at Gurdwara, and I used to take Gurbani classes. Challenge I set for the kids one day and the adults was that let's take a diary. And for the next 30 days, one month, we are going to record how each and every day we implemented one line of Japji Sab in our lives. Similarly, take a diary and write down what you are doing, which is running contrary to the Nash doctrine and what you should be doing to confirm to the Nash doctrine. Starting from the first point. Starting from the first point now, just a last example. Sarupadas Pala writes that one day a Brahmin was hauled up in front of Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Obviously, being a Brahmin, he had committed a transgression. He was going to lie to the Guru and he said, I swear on the cow, I didn't do it. And the Guru turned around and asked him, why, the, you know, why are you swearing on a cow which is a dumb and dolent animal? Isn't even worth your intelligence. And here we are going around, bowing to the cow. Find them, the cow gives us milk. End of the day, we need the milk. All good. But 
Are you really going to be, you know, bowing to the cow? Why not bow to the Waheguru by following his will who made the cow in the first place? Then why don't they bow to the bull? <laughs> so many questions. The bull will probably eat them. So many superstitions. It's amazing how the bull kicks them in the face and they'll still take that as a blessing from God. Let's just consider for once what the Nash Doctrine is and how to live by the Nash Doctrine. You want to add anything? Uh, well, I think you, you said quite good enough and uh, more can be discussed later in some other text form or vocal form. Mm-hmm. And ultimately... This, yep. this subject requires a deep discussion, yeah? Very so deep we discussion. So yep. we have introduced it. It's up to the listeners and other people, including myself, to work upon it and then, to, and then talk about it. Yep. And then talk about it. So, recap, name of the book in question, Sikh Code in Guru Granth Sahib, a court testimony by Gurteet Singh, edited by Dr. Anurupita Kaur. Case started in 2004, ended in 2009. Judgment was in the Sikh uh, favor. And uh, don't accept any goodie bag from, you know, Anyone who you think is holy. Inspect there and then. <laughs> Inspect there and then. Thank you for listening. Vaheguruji ka khalsa. Vaheguruji ki fateh.